Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Four Verticals Podcast. I'm your host, Maurice Phipps, and this episode is being recorded on July 7th, 2000. I'm sorry, not July 7th, July 8th, 2021. My apologies. Um, I wanted to get this episode out yesterday like I normally do. I normally record on Wednesdays if you guys haven't been paying attention. But um, I had a splitting headache, and my my throat was scratchy. Uh, it just wasn't the right circumstances for me to record anyway. Um it's probably even worse circumstance for me to record now because I'm get suffering from some sort of cold or whatever. My nose stuffed up and uh, and I can't really swallow correctly. But um, I'm gonna push through because this episode should have been out yesterday and it's not. And I'm not gonna miss an episode for this week and I'm not gonna break my streak. So um, yeah, hi, I'm here. Um, I definitely wanted to get this episode out earlier than usual, especially before Game 2 of the NBA Finals, which is today. Um, I'm also going to recap some of the remainder of the Easter Conference Finals that I did not recap, even though those games were a little uneventful. Um, I believe Giannis was out for both of those games, and Trey Young was out for uh, Game 5. I do believe he played Game 6, but didn't play well. But I'm getting off topic. So without further ado, uh, let's get into the news that I had <clears throat> that I had prepared. Excuse me. Um, again, I'm getting over a little bit of a cold, so if you can please bear with me for at least this episode, I should be good by the next episode. Let me take a swig of this drink that I have here. All right, getting directly into some of the news that I have. Uh, the first thing that I want to get into is this Shakar Richardson story. If you guys are not aware, uh, Shakari Richardson made basically blew up the uh, social media sphere um, for her phenomenal race to qualify for the Tokyo Olympics. If you guys do not know, uh, the Olympics were pushed back because of COVID to 2021. And so now athletes from all across the world are um, competing to you know qualify for said Olympics. Excuse me again. Um, Shakari Richardson had turned into an overnight star after her phenomenal race in which she won one of her heats. I'm not too particularly sure on the uh, the story around that, but you know, I, I did think that it was a, a a pretty you know pretty pretty deserving for for Miss Richardson. Uh, she ran a, a great race. She also uh, had. Uh, a phenomenal look to her, a phenomenal uh, air about her. She was confident, a little bit cocky, which we like in athletes. So it was a good story all around. The uh, the issue comes in is to where I believe some sometime last week, maybe a little bit more than a week ago, um, Shakari Richard Shakari Richardson, excuse me, tested positive for a banned substance and was handed a thirty day suspension by the Olympic Committee or whoever that was. Now, had this been any performance enhancing substance, you know, there wouldn't have, there wouldn't have been too much controversy. However, the substance that was that Miss Richardson tested positive for was THC, a component frequently found in marijuana, and which uh, Miss Richardson confirmed that uh, the THC came from uh, her smoking marijuana to deal with the death of her mother. Um, she accepted the 30-day 
suspension, which would have left her ineligible to compete for one of the races that she was um, slated to compete for, but she would have been um, reinstated just in time for the, I think, 4x100, which is a uh, team event. So she would have missed out on one of the opportunities for her to uh, place in the medal, but not in all of them. The controversy comes in as to why she was banned for using uh, marijuana when we know the effects of marijuana and we know that it's not a performance enhancing drug. Uh, some people have taken note of um, Olympic gold medalist, I think, I don't know how many medals this dude has, he has so many. Uh, Michael Phelps, uh, back in the day he was caught uh, Actually, he never tested positive for any marijuana, but uh, a photo had surfaced of him, you know, smoking out of a bong, and that was national headlines as well. I believe he was, uh, served some sort of suspension for it as well. Um, here's what I will say about this situation. Uh, Miss Richardson definitely knew the rules to the... I'm not going to make any excuses for her. Uh, she's an Olympian, so she knew the rules and she accepted the consequences, uh, which honestly, it sucks that she would have missed out on, you know, a, a chance for her to uh, obtain Olympic, Olympic gold because that is a big deal for a lot of people. But what I will say is that um, Miss Richardson can take responsibility for her actions and we can also be outraged that, you know, marijuana is still on a banned substance list. Like, we know what marijuana does. It's not performance enhancing at all. It's compared to some of the other um, drugs that are banned on this on this list, you know, it's, it's essentially harmless. I've never been a big fan of um, testing for marijuana in any capacity, especially in um, in American sports, only because so many people have been uh, jailed and you know are are still jailed for uh, a drug that you know we know isn't as harmful as uh, other people as the government has previously said it was. So it's a little weird to me that. Um, not weird. Uh, it's just a little unnecessary, in my opinion. Now, especially with marijuana being legalized in so many places in the United States, that these major sports organizations still do test for marijuana. Um, but as I was saying about Miss Richardson, we can. Well, first off, she accepted her. She 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 accepted the consequences of her actions, uh, like a like a grown woman. And she's fully aware that she made a mistake, and I'm almost positive that it will never happen again. That's that. The issue comes in as to where people on social media chime in and say that, you know, she uh, she deserves to miss out on this this chance to win Olympic gold medal because she she slipped up essentially. That's that's all she 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 slipped up. Um, whether it be for a justified reason or not, that's not my opinion to say uh, even though I will say that I, it's it's just a little bit of weed like it's, it's not that big of a deal excuse me while I take a sip of this drink 
Ugh, man, this cold is kicking my ass. Um, but yeah, Miss Richardson, uh, a phenomenal athlete. Uh, I don't think that this will set her back at all. Um, I think she will come back even stronger. Um, it just sucks that we're still having to have this conversation about marijuana and, you know, how and, and, and what athletes are doing in their spare time, which is honestly none of anyone's business. Uh, and again, I do understand that um, on an Olympic scale, not every country has legalized marijuana, and so it will, it will be on the banned substances list. I totally get that. But what I'm saying is something has to change on that end um, because we know what marijuana does to the body. We know that it's not as dangerous as uh, governments have previously said. And we also know that people are, are allowed to do whatever the hell they want in the comfort of their own home, uh, especially after um, traumatic events such as uh, a loved one passing away. So. Um, my thoughts and my thoughts are with Miss Richardson. Uh, hopefully, she can learn from this because she did make a mistake. Let's not um, absolve her from any you know wrongdoing. She did make a mistake and she did own up to it uh, by you know accepting her her thirty day ban. Um, unfortunately, she was left off of the U.S. Olympians list. So even after the 30-day ban, she would not be eligible to participate in the the race that she would have been able to after the ban. So unfortunately, it looks like uh, Miss Richardson is going to have to wait at least three more years until she can win an Olympic gold medal. Uh, but I'm still rooting for you. Hopefully, you can uh, come back stronger from this and, you know, just learn something because everyone makes mistakes and everyone has the opportunity to learn from their mistakes. <clears throat> now, this next bit of news is not in any way uh, a mistake on any of these, either of these women's fault. It's actually um, something that has come up in the past. Uh, apologize if I mispronounce these names. Christine Boma and Beatrice Massingili are uh, not eligible for female classification after having too high amounts of testosterone in their body. Uh, both of these women withdrew from the Olympics. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys are aware, but Miss Castor Semenya had a similar uh, issue in the past. Um, this is just shame on the Olympic Committee for not recognizing these women as women. Um, you look at an, an athlete like Michael Phelps, again, I uh, hate to bring him up a second time, but he's a perfect example. Um, his body is unique in the fact that I believe he has double-jointed ankles or some, He I think he has, he's double-jointed somewhere and that helps him get an advantage while swimming. He also uh, has larger lungs than a normal human, which allows him to, you know, get in more oxygen before, uh, you know, he goes underwater. So Michael Phelps has a few physical advantages over any of the other, you know, swimmers in in any given race. And he was celebrated for having these advantages. But when it comes to these women and them high, them having too high of testosterone amounts to 
it, it just, I don't know. Um, one thing that I will say is that these women are 100% women. They identify as women. And so it's not fair to just exclude them because they have a little bit more testosterone than the average woman. Especially because it's not as if they're saying that these women are... They're, they're, they're essentially saying that these are men trying to compete under the women classification, which is extremely disrespectful to them, um, also disrespectful to all the other competitors who have faced off against them before. It just leaves the entire uh, sport and the entire Olympic committee in a weird position because why are you essentially gatekeeping who gets to be a woman and who doesn't get to be a woman? I don't like to talk about gender and shit like that because I just personally don't care uh, if you guys are not aware I identify as a man I use he him pronouns that's just me um, I don't care what you use I respect it um, but this is just I don't I don't understand the ruling on this especially because of the Castor Semenya issue in the past that I don't even think it's uh, solved yet I don't think that issue has gone away at all um, it's just really disappointing to see that the Olympic Committee is still um, holding back women from you know competing at the highest level because of preconceived notions of what uh, should and should not be acceptable for a woman to be I don't I don't know, it's just the, the Olympic Committee has a lot of things, uh, a lot of issues wrong with them, and they have to address those because, you know, eventually it's going to start taking away from the integrity of these sports. Imagine if Usain Bolt wasn't around, uh, allowed to run because they found out that he had an extra ligament in his foot that allowed him to run a little faster. You know, that's, it's just, it's ridiculous at this point. Um... So, again, shame on you, Olympic Committee. Uh, let these women race as women as they are. Um, I don't understand why this is even a upward discussion. It's honestly disgusting, in my opinion. Uh, that's enough for the Olympic talk. On to a bit of tragic news. Uh, unfortunately, and forgive me, I'm going to try to pronounce this name again. Over the over the Fourth of July weekend, Matisse Kivlen. Nope, nope, nope. I am. Hold on. Give me one second. Give me one second. I want to try and pronounce his name correctly. All right, my phone's not loading, so uh, apologize if I mispronounce this man's name. Uh, Matisse Kivlianex uh, unfortunately passed away over the weekend. Uh, the news was reported that he was running away from a firework that had misfired. Um, he got out of a hot tub, slipped, and hit his head on concrete. Um, and he was pronounced dead as soon as the paramedics got there. He was a um, hockey player for the Columbus National the Columbus hockey team, I uh, apologize, the name of the team uh, eludes me right now, um, but rest in peace to uh, Mr. Matisse Kivlianex. Again, I apologize if I mispronounce his name. Um, extremely tragic, and 
it just shows that everyone should be as safe as possible around uh, fireworks, especially especially when it comes to this weekend because so many injuries uh, are attributed to the misuse of fireworks. Uh, although fireworks didn't directly contribute to uh, Mr. Matisse's uh, untimely uh, passing, um, they were still a factor. So again, rest in peace to him. My thoughts and prayers go out to uh, his family, his loved ones, and everyone that is dealing with his uh, grievance right now. <clears throat> it's just a, a very, very unfortunate situation for uh, this young man to have lost his life over the 4th of July weekend. So rest in peace to this man. Moving on to a little bit of uh, news that isn't directly related to sports per se, but it's uh, related to sports journalism, so I'm going to cover it on my podcast. Uh, <clears throat> if you guys are not aware, Rachel Nichols is a is a report as ah, is a TV personality that hosts the Jump on ESPN. Um, she has also done some work with the uh, NBA sideline uh, coverage in the past. And word has gone out, the <clears throat> not word. Uh, a recently a video leaked of Rachel Nichols discussing uh, Maria Taylor and how she was uh, essentially what Miss Nichols assumed uh, to rep- that uh, Miss Taylor replaced her for the 2020 NBA Finals uh, coverage. If you guys do not remember, Miss Maria Taylor did cover the NBA Finals in 2020 in the bubble. I think I thought she did a pretty damn good job. Um, but some pretty disparaging words from uh, Rachel Nichols in this video, um, including the fact that she attributed Miss Taylor's uh, coverage of the NBA Finals to uh, what essentially is. Uh, ESPN being feeling sorry for the uh, racism that they have been accused of in the past, basically invalidating uh, Maria Taylor's entire uh, journalism career and what led up to that point in her career. Now, Rachel Nichols faced a whole bunch of backlash on social media, and rightfully so, um, to essentially diminish one woman's hard work. because you didn't get picked is uh, extremely tacky, and it, it lacks a certain it, it lacks class. Um, a saying that I, I like to think of is, if you're gonna lose, lose in style. Don't lose like a loser would. And basically, Rachel Nichols is losing like a loser. Um, she thought that she was going to get the the job of know covering all the all the the happenings of the NBA finals unfortunately she was picked over and she acted uh, like a sore loser in this uh, this situation um, I don't believe miss Nichols is particularly uh, bad at her job um, I don't think she's particularly good at her job but what I will say is if there's anyone who can get their credentials, you know, looked at funny in the light, it is Rachel Nichols because uh, she is related to, I believe, the head 
uh, ABC is her mother. Uh, I'd have to look it up, but um, yeah, it's just ironic to see that uh, a woman of her stature, uh, who's been, you know, allegedly put in some of the places that she's been because of who she's related to, would dare to criticize uh, the. What am I trying to say? The the credentials of another reporter, especially uh, of another female reporter. Um, but I don't know. Um, it's just not just not, not a good look for uh, Rachel Nichols at all. Um, Nichols was replaced this year by Malika Andrews, another uh, African-American woman reporter who, might I say, did a very good job covering game one. Now, moving on to the, uh, the the mini recap of the Eastern Conference Finals. Game 6 and 7, both... Uh, I'm sorry, not Game 6 and 7. This is the go to 7 series. Uh, games 5 and 6, uh, the bucks Hawks series went in the way that we'd expect. Uh, no Giannis for either of these games and no Trae Young for Game 5. Uh, the Bucks easily handled them, putting an end to... Uh, the Hawks storybook season. Uh, fortunately for the Hawks, uh, they have secured Nick McMillan as the head coach for uh, the next season. So congratulations to Nate McMillan and the Hawks. Hopefully we can start seeing uh, you know, sim similar things to uh, this season because this was a phenomenal season for them. Um, moving away from that, uh, let's talk about the NBA Finals Game 1. So... The big question was, um, was Giannis going to play game one? You know, that hyperextended right knee looked very, very bad, uh, especially uh, seeing how Giannis reacted to it. We didn't know if he was going to play at all for maybe the first two games of the series. But thankfully, Giannis did play in game one. And might I say that he played damn well for having a, having a hyperextended right knee. Um, he had an absolutely incredible chase down block on Mikael Bridges, came about 74 feet and just absolutely sent it off the glass. Uh, what an absolute, absolutely phenomenal play by Giannis. He had 20 points, uh, would play it on a minutes restriction, obviously, but I say he had a damn good, damn good game, uh, especially coming off of an injury that looked to be uh, way worse than it actually was. So. Hopefully, we can continue to see this rehab Giannis, and hopefully he can at least get somewhere near full strength because I want to see this series go seven games. Um, another takeaway from this game is that Chris Paul is absolutely coming for this Finals MVP trophy. Now, um, I guess it's a little late now, but... My predictions for this series was that the uh, the Suns would win in six and that Devin Booker would win the Finals MVP trophy. Um, I know Devin Booker has struggled with his shot a little bit uh, since that 40-point explosion. Um, but I thought that he was going to – I still do think that he's going to be that – just that dominant scorer that the Suns are going to look to whenever they, you know, get in trouble. Um in game one, that was not him. That was, without a doubt, Chris Paul. Uh, you talk about someone who knows how to get to their spots, who knows how to pick their shots, and when he's on, he is on. He is on like a match. Um, early on in the game, 
Uh, Chris Paul didn't shoot very well. I, I don't think he scored at all in the first quarter. But come come the, the third quarter, no, actually, during the second quarter, they started to, the Bucks started to switch uh, the screens. Uh, Chris Paul and DeAndre Aiden DeAndre would set a screen for Chris Paul. They would get the switch on Brooke Lopez on Chris Paul. And Brooke Lopez looked like absolute food out there versus both Chris Paul and Devin Booker, who uh, shot okay. Uh, there were a few half-court shots that he shot. Um, so if you don't include those, he shot relatively all right. Um, but yeah, the Bucks are going to need to do something about that because Brooke Lopez looked like absolute food up against Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Because it's, it's, it's an easy switch each time. And I don't know about you, but Chris Paul and Devin Booker are two players that I definitely want to take those uh, seemingly somewhat contested, not really contested mid-range shots because they can hit them, and they hit them a lot, uh, especially Chris Paul. Uh, but the Suns overall, they, they they really came to play. Cam Johnson hit two big threes, and I think a mid-ranger. Mikael Bridges played phenomenal. Uh, Jay Crowder didn't play well uh, offensively, but defensively he was solid. Um the Suns got to the free throw line a lot, and they only missed one free throw that came from Jay Crowder. Uh, DeAndre Aiden played phenomenally, and kind of pissed me off at the end of the game. Chris Paul stole a, uh, a, a rebound from DeAndre Aiden, and DeAndre Aiden only needed one more rebound to get a 20-20 and 20 game, 20 points, 20 rebounds. Uh, yeah, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way, just a little bit. Of course, it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things, but I wanted DeAndre Aiden to get... Uh, that 20 and 20 game, especially because he's just been phenomenal this entire playoffs. He shot the ball extremely efficiently. Uh, plays have been made for him. He's gone out and uh, made some of his own plays, you know, finding that mid range whenever he can. He's been great from the free throw line. DeAndre Aiden has been absolutely terrific in this playoff series, this, this playoffs as a whole. Now, where do we go in terms of game two? What are some of the adjustments that the Bucks have to make in order to uh, win this game? Now, one thing that I'm going to have to say, uh, I think they have to switch to some sort of zone because it's getting to the point where if Brooke, if they see Brook Lopez on a switch, they're going to they're they're they're, they're going to score. <laughs> As, as as much as I don't want to say that, they're going to score. And also, um, uh, I forgot to mention this. Dario Saric uh, played two minutes and then had to leave the game. Uh, it has been reported that he tore his ACL, so prayers up to Dario Saric. Hopefully he can uh, get healthy as soon as possible. Uh, I know that he was a... He he was he was definitely a factor in this uh, in the Clippers series. He played he played all right, um, but I never want to see a player um, go out like Dario Saric did, especially with having played only two minutes uh, in this NBA final series. Obviously, that's not what the Suns wanted, and that's not what he wanted. Um, but you know, hopefully, he can recover uh, soon and be back uh, next season. Uh, so prayers out to Dario Saric. What was I talking about? Um, yeah, the Bucks are going to have to play some sort of zone defense uh, because if, if if they if they play the zone defense, then obviously 
you know, they're going to leave. They're going to the Suns are going to be open from three a pretty decent amount. But honestly, I bet I if I'm going to lose, if I'm Coach Budenholzer and the Bucks, if I'm going to lose, I don't want Chris Paul to do it, and I don't want Devin Booker to do it. Mikael Bridges and Torrey Craig and uh, Cam Johnson and Jay Crowder, th- let let them be the reason I lose. But don't let Devin Booker and Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton be the reason that I lose because they're, they're not going to miss too many of those mid-rangers. And they're going to keep attacking – until either you sub Brook Lopez out or you make an adjustment. And Coach Budenholzer uh, historically has not been great on making adjustments, especially when they're losing. Uh, so that's my takeaway from the, the Bucks uh, and how they win. Also, um, I don't think that that game was necessarily in that, – that game was definitely winnable for the Bucks. It also came – as a surprise that uh, Drew Holiday didn't shoot well at all. Drew Holiday has a thing where he doesn't like to play well when Giannis is on the court, but when Giannis is off the court, he plays like uh, nobody's business. Um, yeah, it's also just unfortunate. The Bucks just weren't hitting. Uh, no, I don't want to say that because they they were they, they they shot the ball pretty well. It's just that the Suns really came to play and they really uh, overwhelmed them from the start. Um, so yeah, hopefully we see uh, even more competitive game two because game one was everything and more that I hoped it'd be, especially when the Bucks went on the run uh, to cut a 20-point deficit to a seven-point deficit, and then Chris Paul absolutely uh, shut that down immediately. Um, but yeah, hopefully we can see more of that because I... Uh, I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to seeing this series go to seven games. I really want this to go to seven games. Uh, moving on to our final bits of news: uh, UFC 264, Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor three is on July 10th. Uh, the card will also feature Wonderboy Thompson facing off against Gilbert Burns, as well as Sean O'Malley returning to the octagon. Uh, UFC 265 will feature Cyril Gane and Derek Lewis facing off for the interim UFC uh, not light, heavyweight championship while Francis Ngannou rests a little bit longer. Uh, my predictions for the Poirier-McGregor fight, I have no fucking clue who's going to win that. Honestly, um, Dustin Poirier won in such a dominant manner in their last fight. Uh, those leg kicks really kicked McGregor's ass. And then, uh, you know... Poirier just overwhelmed him. He couldn't. Conor McGregor couldn't move because of all the leg kicks that he uh, that he suffered. So, um, hopefully, this fight lasts a little bit longer. I do expect a finish from either side. Um, but uh, yeah, hopefully, we see a, a a great fight. Great fight. Um, as far as UFC two hundred and sixty five, uh, I'm not really too interested in that especially because it's not for the real heavyweight championship uh, and we know whoever wins that is going to face off against Francis Ngannou um, Derek Lewis having already lost to Francis Ngannou and uh, Cyril Gane being undefeated um, but not having as many fights as Francis Ngannou so hopefully we get some action out of that fight but, uh, yeah, that's it for this week's episode of the Four Verticals Podcast. 
Um, again, bear with me. I'm getting over a little bit of a cold, uh, so um, I apologize if this episode is not up to my usual quality, um, but uh, <laughs> I tried anyway, and I guess that's all that matters. So without any more delay, uh, you guys have a good one. Uh, again, I apologize for this episode being a little bit late, but uh, it's here no matter what. So thank you for tuning in. Goodbye.